Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, January 24, 2013. Our call-in number, if you'd like to come join the conversation, is 347-826-9170. I'm Alan Smith, along with my trusty co-host, Donna Smith, and I guess you made it, Donna, didn't you? Whoops, I was on mute. Yeah. I know, I know, I caught you. I know you're always on mute, so I like to catch you like that. I, I know you do. I brought you in early. <laughs> you did. You surprised me tonight. You're sitting there with a coat on. Well, you know, I, I keep the door open because the dog is in potty training. And oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> and, and it's freezing in here, so I'm wearing my jacket. I know, it's uh, it's uh freezing 61 degrees right now here in Florida and um <laughs> Donna has a coat on freezing to death. How'd you like to have been in uh North Dakota earlier this week when they had those uh, below uh, uh minus 50 degree wind chills? No, it wouldn't happen. I'm too used to it. I I had enough of that uh years ago and I'm just spoiled. I could have sworn it was about 30 out. Oh yeah. I think last time I looked a little while ago it was 61. So. <laughs> All right, you sit there with your coat on. We got a good show and a very interesting and informative show planned for you this evening. Something that I hadn't heard anything about really yet is what appears to be a very serious issue that uh, needs to be discussed and something that all drivers and motor carriers need to be aware of if they are not. This evening we'll be discussing uh focusing on a safety issue that some believe could be the actual reason that many drivers involved in accidents where it appears that they uh, never attempted to apply their brakes due to the absence of skid marks at the scene and things like this, or that they stated that they lost their brakes and they were inoperative. I mean, things of this nature are being blamed for these accidents by being cited for not uh, properly doing their pre- or post-trips or for being negligent and correctly uh, inspecting their brake system as required under the CFRs. And our guests this evening will share their thoughts on this issue and and how they believe that many of these accidents being blamed on the driver could actually be due to uh, damaged treadle valves, specifically in the E6 and E10 brake valves. So, uh, and, and Donna, I'm, now my understanding is that the FMCSA actually made an inspection uh, for the treadle valve of requirement under the CFRs in February of 2012. Is that your understanding as well? That's what I understood. Um, I was uh, speaking with um, our get, one of our guests tonight, um, uh, Alan, and <clears throat> he said that it passed February 2012. 
Um, I tried to find that online. I wanted to post it. I couldn't. Maybe he can send me the link to that. Um, I'm sure Ricky has the link to that also. We can get more into that uh, with them. Okay. Well, I did find out. I mean, I know there's been over 40 recalls of these parts, and uh, our guest, Alan, uh, brought it to the, the attention of the CBSA, the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, and they entered it into the FMCSA DOT inspection orders, and a uh, safety uh, and inspection bulletin was sent out by the CVSA. But I couldn't find it anywhere in the regulations either. But um, uh, and I so I'm thinking, you know, if I, my point here is, if I can't find it, then perhaps other drivers and most importantly motor carriers are unaware of this new safety inspection regulation as well. And and if motor carriers are unaware of it, then their mechanics and their maintenance departments may be unaware of it. And so you kind of see where I'm going with this, Donna? Uh, yeah, um, I, I certainly do. A lot of the um, individual state DOTs aren't aware of it either. So I, we're going to get into all that. I, I was actually speaking with um, Alan Powell, one of our guests tonight, and uh, I was really shocked to hear that he's been uh, notifying the different different state DOTs. So uh, there's a lot of information. It's very, very interesting and uh, really appreciate uh, Alan and uh, Ricky coming on the show tonight and sharing all their uh, knowledge about this. Yeah, it's going to be really informative. And, you know, if this is the case, I mean, you brought up, uh, you mentioned a question that I was going to raise. Are state DOTs aware of this issue and regulation? So, Okay, a lot to talk about this evening with our special guest, Alan Powell, a veteran driver of over 30 years' experience and who is on a mission to bring awareness about this treadle valve issue. And Ricky Gooch joins us back, a managing partner of Legal Benefits Group, who will help us decipher uh, the regulations and various legal aspects of this issue. So we're going to get into the mechanics uh, no pun intended of this serious issue, discussing the recalls of these brake valves. Uh, what has or is being done about it, what happens when the treadle uh, valve sticks, uh, why maybe uh, law enforcement or accident investigators are missing this problem, what it means for drivers and motor carriers, and and most importantly, the solution for this problem for both driver and carrier. So a very important show for you this evening concerning safety for the professional truck driver and motor carriers. Our focus this evening with our guests, Alan Powell and Ricky Gooch, on this broadcast, Trucking Safety, Investigating the E6 and E10 Brake Valves, coming up right here on Truth About Trucking Live. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I hear from a lot of newcomers to the industry who still have that entrepreneur spirit that has made the United States of America the great country that she is. And many of them still have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner-operator. Truth About Trucking Live is all about providing honest, reliable information about the OTR trucking industry, especially for those just beginning their truck driving careers. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that has kept America moving since trucks 
units were first used by the military in World War One. If you're considering starting your own owner-office business, there's only one name that you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plans in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final monthly payment, they hand over the title, the truck is yours. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month, and sometimes even less. A great inventory to choose from, including Peterbilts, Volvos, Internationals, and Freightliners, and all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go to work. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to change motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free, 866 866- 512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys for the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com. Hey, Ready Porter. Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheetCentral. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back, and we're going to get right into it with our guests, who are the ones who have all the info on our discussion this evening, Alan Powell. Welcome to the show. Alan, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yes, fine. How are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good, and uh, glad to have you on here. And uh, Ricky Gooch, welcome back to the show. Ricky, haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, man, it has been a while. Thanks for having me back on, Alan. Yeah, glad to have you back, and I understand you're somewhere out there and uh, I guess, going through Mississippi or something, huh? I'm down in Jackson, Mississippi right now. Nice and warm, just, just like it is in Florida. <laughs> yeah, and Donna's sitting here with the coat on, so <laughs> Yeah. She needs to be in Nashville. It's sleeting and snowing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> well, I'm just glad I wasn't I've been trying to get her to go to Dakota where that fifty below zero was, but she just she just won't get out of here. She'd be she'd be done if she went out there. <laughs> she turned to salt. She turned to a pillow of salt. Oh there. man, I tell you it's too cold for me, but listen, um, well, glad to have you all on here. This is a, we've got to try to get through some uh, information here. It's um, uh, and Alan and Ricky, feel free to jump in at any time. You know how it works here. But I guess Alan, let's let's start with you. You uh, 
You describe yourself as a consumer advocate for the prevention of truck accidents. So what what led you down that road, and why the passion for this issue that uh, you know that we'll, we're going to be discussing this evening? Well, Alan, and, uh, I've been driving truck ever since I was uh, started out when I was 18, 20 years old. So during all that time, uh, in 2004, I had an accident, and the cause of it was this valve. And since that time, I've made it a, uh, a a challenge for me to make this aware to other drivers. Uh, during my time, I hauled everything from combines to dozers to heavy equipment. Most of my time, I've uh, anchors and box trailers. But if you don't know about this problem, and it can happen to anybody at any time. Any driver out there on the road, this can happen to, and that's 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 what makes it so dangerous. That was a pretty serious accident, too. I mean, it, it wasn't any little accident. Um, so it, it really probably was very traumatic for you at the time. Yes, there was a young lady that lost her life in the, in the accident that I was in, and it was all due to this problem here. Uh, and uh, I kind of attribute, you know, what she lost to this. And I'm going to make my 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 challenge here is to make sure that it doesn't happen to anybody else. And that's yeah, what and my... we appreciate that too. Uh, more people need to, you know, follow their follow their their heart, their convictions. Yeah, yeah cuz I hadn't I hadn't really uh you know heard anything about this and um I found it interesting that you know I mean the NH uh TSA the the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration has had over 40 recalls for these valves and because of your work Alan um uh, you brought it to the attention of the CVSA and they entered the information into the uh, FMCSA DOT inspection orders and they issued out a uh uh, inspection bulletin. So you've got to, and even with all that done, I hadn't even heard anything about it. So I uh, hope you know we're going to try to get all this awareness out here on the show, uh, the show this evening. But um, uh, now, Ricky, where where do you fit in with this treadle valve issue? How did how did you get involved with this matter? Well, Alan Alan had called me and, and, and basically asked for help to to get the word out, and um, you know I, I looked at that thing and and I saw a correlation between court cases and brake failures. And, uh, I mean, I, it was kind of kind of unusual that he called when he did because we had just received a, a, a report on a story of a trucker in California who had been driving for 16 years. He had a perfect driving record. He was a minister, and uh, he had a brake failure. Well, they charged him with a, a quick equipment failure and uh, uh, charged him with second degree murder and they had his trial and 10 of the 12 jurors wanted to put him away for 50 years uh, but the, since they, they couldn't get uh, 12, all 12 to go with it it ended up he went to prison for 8 years and 4 months um, he had done his pre-trip inspection and as you know Alan um there is nothing that you can do doing a, a pre-trip inspection that will prove that you actually done it. 
you know, they don't provide any paperwork for you to fill out. Uh, they don't do anything, uh, really, that helps you protect yourself when they ask you that question. Uh, and then I, I went to some of my clients, and, and I asked them about, you know, I actually took this paperwork that Alan provided me and asked them if they knew about this part failure. I was surprised that many mechanics did know about it. Uh, but they don't they don't give that information to drivers. They don't share that information with drivers. And I had uh, one mechanic in, in a shop to tell me that it was fairly common for that failure to happen, especially whenever uh, a driver was unhooking and hooking a trailer back up. Um, for some reason, that would cause a failure in that piece. It may not be a, a, a failure that lasts. It may only last for a few minutes to a, a few hours or a few days. Uh, but for some reason, it, it uh, promotes the, uh, the a failure. So all that stuff is very interesting. Uh, there's a lot of lot of uh, legal repercussions that can go against the driver simply for not uh, making sure that when they push on that uh, brake pedal, that that rod in the back is coming out and making the contact that it's supposed to make. Um, for for the biggest majority of people, it would take two people to check on that. Uh, a lot of drivers that I found they they put little pieces of foam up there, foam rubber or rock or something, and hope that it pushes that off whenever they push the the gas pedal, I mean the the brake pedal in. So uh, my concern is motivating the drivers to actually check this before they go on the road, not just look at the brake pads and the shoes and uh, see if something's out of adjustment, to, but to actually see if that rod is going out, the air pressure is pushing that rod out in the back. And I, I think that the only way they're going to get drivers to do that is if they understand the legal implications that uh, is going to go or they're going to be charged against them and the company if they have this failure. Well, you know, when I started investigating this a little bit more, <clears throat> I started thinking back about all those years I had on the road, and and now looking at things that have happened, um, I, 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 I know without a doubt that I had that treadle valve stick, looking back on some of the things that has happened, and I'd be willing to bet just about any driver out there who's been driving at least for a while has had it stick at one time or another, and then maybe come unstick and just wasn't even aware of it, so... Um, I mean, Alan, we have we have these accidents where like no cause was determined. They're unexplained accidents, you know, no skid marks, you know, things like that. Driver cited for not having brakes properly adjusted, or uh, and it, and it could very well be the problem of the air foot control valve, you know, also called the treadle valve, which you call the brain of the air brake. So, just here quickly, um, uh, let's begin. Just mechanically take us through the sequence of what is supposed to happen when a driver presses down on the treadle valve. When a driver presses down on the treadle valve, it presses the plunger that sits on top of the of the valve, really. Your, your plunger is held by the, the treadle valve assembly, or called the treadle valve plate, that is mounted to the floorboard of the inside of your truck. It also holds your brake paddle. It usually has a steel pin, in the bottom of it that holds your brake paddle in place. 
your brake pedal will have a, usually have a roller up underneath it. As you press your foot presses down on the brake pedal, that roller presses down on the plunge. This plunger goes through the assembly and presses down on top of the plunger on top of the valve. This plunger on the E10 and E6 is about an inch, maybe an inch and a quarter in diameter, and it's probably about two inches high. It comes from underneath your truck because your valve is mounted underneath the floorboard of your truck with either three or eight bolts, depending upon the type of mounting that the company used. And when it comes through there, it is uh, held by this plate assembly or the treadle valve assembly plate. And then on top of it, there's a rubber seal right around the top of it, and the top of the plunger sticks through the plate assembly that you can visually see. If you really look, you'll have to be standing beside the door to see it. Uh, what happens here is that the more than likely, most problems with this situation is that the plunger, uh, due to the uh, plate assembly, is where the corrosion and rust builds up in, and that's where it sticks at. And when, it, when a driver presses down on this, it's supposed to push down on the plunger on the valve. Then it opens the chambers up so the valve... So the air can go through the primary and secondary air chamber. Okay, so now this corrosion, this treadle valve corrosion, chem yes, chemicals being used on the road, like you know salt, like you know we, we you know we see DOT spreading out that salt, liquid salt, uh, the corrosion to the treadle valves. There's more trucks on the road today. I mean, but yet, like we said, you know, you know, maybe a lot of drivers, motor carriers, and even state DOT departments may be unaware that this could be the cause of many of these unexplained brake failure accidents. So let's make it real simple here to understand. These chemicals on the roads, such as liquid salt, et cetera, can corrode the inside of the valve's housing. And the, the only way to really know that this corrosion is inside the housing having an effect on the treadle valve is to disassemble the valve. Is that right? You don't disassemble the valve. The valve itself is up underneath the floorboard. Number one is your brake pedal. You can take the pin out of your brake pedal. It'll disassemble from the, from the treadle assembly, which is the plate. And then you can unbolt the plate, lift it up, and then that will let you inside of the, the treadle valve assembly plate and also into the plunger. Then the plunger will lift up off of the valve. And what and the, the maintenance to this thing is to uh, inspect your plate, make sure that the rubber seal on top is not cracked or have a pinhole in it so uh, foreign materials can get inside of it, and to loop it with what they call barbarium grease. And, uh, Alan, you've been a driver for many of years. My question to you is, until I brought this to your attention, did you know that you were supposed to mention? Uh, you broke up. I was supposed to what? I said, did you, until I brought this to your attention, did you know that you were supposed to maintenance that valve? No. Okay. No, and, and this was a point I was trying to drive at. I mean, uh, I, you know, that sounds like a, a pretty good little work for a mechanic. I mean, company drivers are expected to get out there and, and start the disassembly of this thing? No, sir. 
here, according, I'm going to pick on Bandex here, and I'm just going to read you what's on the computer, and you can go to Bandex E6 Val or E10 Val and go to their maintenance and get this same thing. It says, at a minimum, the E6 and E10 valve should be inspected every six months or 1,500 operating hours comes first. And then it says, every three months, 25,000 miles or 900 operating hours, clean any accumulation dirt and foreign material away from the heel of the plunger boot and mounting plate. Lubricate the treadle roller, roller pin, and hinge pin with barbarian grease, number BW204-M, index part number 246671. Okay, but now, Ricky, this is, I mean, it still sounds to me like this is something that the motor carriers and their maintenance departments should should be aware of and a regular part of their, uh, you know, shop maintenance program. And uh, that's exactly right, and and I, I think that's one of the big things that Alan is up against is not only notifying uh, the companies that this problem exists, but educating them about it because uh, the carriers that we sent the information out to, um, we followed up with, and most mostly what happened was we sent them to uh, all the safety managers the safety manager sent the information upstairs to the either the owners or the CFOs and uh, or CEOs, and th- that's exactly where it stayed. And, and basically, what they did was they called the mechanics and they said, "Do you know about this problem?" And like I said, most mechanics do know about the problem, but it is the watchdog is the driver uh, for the whole truck. You know, he's the captain of the ship. He notifies you when something's going wrong. But if he don't know about this problem or the possible failure of this problem and what to do, it's not going to get done. And I think everything so far has kind of fell on deaf ears. And that, okay. that, that's a big worry. Okay, big well, let, let, me, let me ask you this, Ricky. If, if an inspection bulletin was sent out by the CVSA concerning this issue, then – then where where was that sent out to? All the motor carriers? Yes. So all the motor carriers yeah, should be aware of it. They they should be. But hey, again, the problem is the the problem is not them knowing about it. The problem is them sharing the information with the drivers and telling the drivers what to do about it and making sure that that stuff is done. And um as you well know, Alan, it, sometimes it takes a, a real big shock to get somebody to do anything, and, and uh, it may come down to uh, legal action or instead of uh, notifying the the drivers and the uh, owners is to notify the insurance companies and let the insurance companies put the pressure on them. Uh, I might be able to help you out here. The bulletin from CVSA, that bulletin just went out to all the people that belong to CVSA, like FMCSA or, say, your say like your big cities who have their own DOT people, like, say, Fort Worth, Texas or Chicago or St. Louis. 
if they belong to CVSA, which stands for Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, then they would have got that bulletin. But, Alan, today I referred you that FMCSA took it into their advisement to put it into their vehicle inspection. They did that off of the CVSA bulletin. And I emailed you that today so you'd have a copy of it. Oh, okay. I hadn't been on my email. Yep. Okay. So you, okay. But it but it is it is in the uh, the CFRs now. Is that what you're saying? No. Here's what I was told. And okay. Just a minute. I'll get you the gentleman, the FMCA man that told me this. I called the uh, I can't remember his name, but I called the FMCA in Washington D.C. And he told me that it was already in that it was already a part of their vehicle inspection from FMCSA when he got back to me. I then notified FMCSA in the state of Missouri. They didn't know anything about him. So he said he'd have to get back with me. He did. When he got back with me, he referred me, yes, it is already a bulletin. I mean, already entered into our inspection that we are inspected for. Since then, I had called each state usually has their own FMCSA office. So since then, I had notified several of them. They know nothing about it. That's the problem here. There's a communication problem between Washington and each one of your states. Well, so if you're that's what, yeah, I, mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but that's, that's what, uh, Donna, that's what I was going to bring up. It just sounds like a communication problem because this is something that FMC FMCSA and uh, maybe the NTSB and and but we we've got uh, Alan Powell here notifying all the states. Yeah. yeah, did you know that, Ricky? Are you part of that too? Well, I'm not part of that, but I've experienced that same uh, uh, problem here. Uh, I reported, I wrote an article uh, about a month ago where the FMCSA and the state of Indiana was testing some new equipment on the Indiana Ohio border. I called and spoke with uh, the DOT agent at the Ohio border uh, way station, and they confirmed everything. However, the state DOT office in Indiana or Ohio did not know anything about it. So when I wrote this this article, uh, William Quaid read the article and then rebuttaled it, saying that that, that the FMCSA had nothing to do with, with the testing of this new camera equipment that would uh, uh, handle um, uh, pre-pass. It was, it was just, just one hand does not know what the other one is doing. Um, well, was his wait. reply correct? I mean, what, what was he saying? What did he mean by that? No, his, his reply was completely incorrect. He said that the FMCSA was not involved in the testing of this equipment at that at that way station, yet the FMCSA was at the way station when I called and talked with the DOT officer at that way station. And the reason I picked up on it was because I had read the story in a newspaper from Indiana and, and called there to check on it because I wanted to know more about it. So we had, we had the, the newspaper who ran the story, then they had me who ran the story, yet William Quaid said that uh, he for sure knew that they knew nothing about it, had nothing to do with it, that the DOT did not have anything to do with it, 
And, you know, basically uh, he was uh, uh, saying that I didn't talk to the right people or I didn't know who I was talking to when I called, but I did know who I was talking to. So they don't know what they're doing. They don't, they but, why, but why would the FMCSA be involved in faulty vehicle parts? I mean, that's that's not okay, well, uh, that def- a, a definition of their job, is it? No, well, here's the deal. Uh, the FMCSA controls the information. They have the information, uh, and what this uh, uh, this equipment they were testing at this site actually read the license plates and DOT numbers of truck stops, and then printed out uh, at the officer's uh, in, in his hand. He had this unit and would print out all the information about that truck before it actually pulled into the way station. And they would then either uh, bring them in because they had too many violations and pull the pre-pass or allow the, the truck to go on by. So the, the FMCSA involvement was only because they were helping to provide the information that was going into this equipment. The DOT, of course, was enforcing the law, and the camera equipment and all that stuff that was reading it was going to pre-pass. And pre-pass was then distributing that information. So it was, uh, you know, basically four uh, departments working together, yet the, none of them knew what the other one was doing, supposedly. So it's, a, it's uh, our government at waste as usual. Okay. Well, Alan, let me ask you this. I mean, there's been over 40 recalls. The last recall was in August of 2012. How... Uh, how would a driver go about finding out if uh, if this valve on their truck is one that is is on the recall list? Well, number one, you can go to the computer and uh, look your truck up for recalls. AFB is uh, uh, one site that you can go to, and it shows you uh, all the recalls. Like if you put your type of truck and your year of truck in there, it should show you. Uh, it, it gives out a lot of recalls and bulletins. Number two, you can notify the manufacturers, ask them if there's any recalls on your on your truck, and uh, uh, that that's the only two ways that I know. Or you can call FMCSA. I'm, I'm sorry, National Highway Transportation Safety Alliance, and and uh, ask them if there's any recalls on your vehicle. Okay. And what was the name of that website? AFB is one of the websites. It's a it's a uh, AFB is a it gives you all the recalls on cars and trucks and semi trucks. They give you it also tell you if there's a lot of bulletins come out. See, there a recall is one thing, and a bulletin is another one. Okay, I mean, are are you saying AFB like Alan Frank? David? Alan Frank Boy, AFB. AFB.com? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, well, listen, let's inform drivers, uh, you know, if they don't know about, there are a lot of new drivers listen to this show, about what happens when this valve sticks and the signs of each position. So if a driver has an accident due to brake failure, maybe they can look back at what was taking place during the control of the CMV and determine if that correlates in any way with a stuck treadle valve. So if the 
the up position, center position, and down position. If the if the treadle valve sticks in the up position, um, what what can the driver expect? No brakes. He will have no brakes whatsoever. The only thing he can do is reach over to his red and yellow valve on the dash and pull it. Some of the older trucks have what we call a trailer brake valve that was mounted right up underneath the steering wheel. If you have one of them, it will go ahead and work because it is also hooked into the main airline, but it's before it gets to your uh, parking brake valves on your dash. So otherwise, if you have a hand, uh, what I call a a trailer park brake or trailer valve that you can pull down up underneath and some of them are mounted on the dashes, that will go ahead and give you brakes to your trailer. But if that treadle valve locks in the up position and that plunger doesn't go down or that valve doesn't go down, you will have no brakes whatsoever or any way of stopping. Okay, so the so the treadle valve will stick in the up position and the plunger in the valve housing won't go down, so they'll have zero zero brakes. So um okay, if the if the plunger sticks in the center, what what happens? What's the uh what's the outcome? Well, here's what can happen. If the plunger sticks in the center and just barely drags, and you know, it might even do it enough that your taillights won't even come on. Another thing that caused the, the plunger to stick in the ceiling is your, a lot of brake pedals have a steel pin that, hold, that goes through the housing into the brake pedal itself to hold it in place. You have steel against aluminum. When you have two particles of medical, metal that will draw uh, corrosion and rust that it will stick to and form eight, a lot of time, rust will build up in that pin. It will keep the valve from coming all the way back up because it's either got debris up underneath it or the plunger itself can, can stick from debris in it. When this happens, it can cause a lot of things. Number one, it can cause you to have brake drag. When this happens, your brakes get over hot. You will see temperatures above 700 degrees even. And this can give you major problems. It can do anything from destruct your rims, catch your tires on fire, throw your seals out. And here's the bad thing about it. This problem can happen. It can do that and get your tires so hot. And then you can hit a bump or something, and it can, it can, the plunger can work itself back up. So if you're on a 100-mile trip, it can do it for like 20 or 30 miles. And then all of a sudden you're looking in your rear view mirror and you see smoke coming out and you don't know what caused it. You think you got a brake dragon. But when you go back there and check everything out, everything seems fine. You can't figure it out, but you you got smoke coming from everywhere and your brakes your brakes is unreasonable hot. Well it could have been from this valve. Also what this does is when it does that is that it's uh it deteriorates a lot of brake parts and can give you problems later on down the road that that might not happen to you right now, but in three to six months can either have you to have an accident or for some reason cause your brakes not to work on that axle and even cause uh, stuff like deterioration of the rim or a tire to blow out. Okay, so okay, I'm, I'm, so I'm trying to follow you here. Okay, so if the trailer valve sticks in the up position, no brake, sticks in the center, uh, a dr- the driver can experience brake drag. Of course, we all know uh, that that can, uh, you know, cause it to heat up, uh, catch on fire. Uh, 
one key element of that, your brake lights won't come on. Um, okay, so that's the up. And, and Donna, we were talking about that, too, a little before the show. Um, uh, these could be this could be the reason for many of these unexplained accidents, where once the the jarring of the accident unsticks the the plunger, and that's why it's never detected. Well, that was yeah, and um, I know Alan has an interesting story uh, to 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 share with everybody. Uh, the fact that after the accident, it could jar it. And that it doesn't show that anything's wrong. Um, Alan, you want to you want to share with us that that bus story that you and I were were talking about? Uh, well, let's see. You have to refresh my memory. Oh, no, Alan, Alan Powell. Oh, I was going to say there's two Alans here, and I'm totally confused. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, a, a a bus a bus story, Alan. Well, let me give you. Uh, yeah, here's the bus story. A, a gentleman was driving a bus, had had something like 26 people in it, I believe. What happened is he knew he had brake problems and tried to stop at a prior town. There was nobody that could help him out there, and it started working again. So during his trip, he was going, and the brakes failed again. When it failed, he had a, he had a Ford pickup head-on and had a, a man and a little four-year-old girl in it. It killed the little four-year-old girl. Hmm. When the when the accident was done, they took the the bus to the towing yard, and the investigators and DOT went there to investigate it. They went over it twice, and they couldn't find anything wrong with the bus. What would have caused the wreck? So they were going to blame it on the driver. Due to the people that was on the bus, they went and talked to them. They told the story that the bus driver tried everything he could to stop it, that he didn't have no brakes. So if he didn't have them on him on that bus, it had been his word against theirs. But once all 26 people, or however many people they spoke to, took up for the driver, they went back and looked again. Once they went back and looked again, they felt the problem was the treadle valve. Due to the, due to the corrosion that was built up in it, it was what caused the bus to have the accident. Also, okay. Oh, go ahead. Also, if you want a well-known, a well-known lieutenant, the name of Lieutenant Kevin Kelly, you can go to YouTube video, put his name in there, and go to the video on YouTube, and that's similar to what happened to the fire truck that killed him and hurt six other firemen in an accident where the fire truck went through a T intersection. And into a building. Wow, and you know, and one, you know, one thing too, Ricky, we ought to bring up uh, in case no one is has uh, thought about it, but this treadle valve sticking causing these accidents. Uh, I mean, this this still goes on the CSA, the driver CSA. It, well, yes, it does, and and again, in, uh, you know, another big problem is that most drivers who have an accident, if it's determined the accident is their fault, they're fired immediately. Uh, so they've lost their job to have an accident on their PSP, and it's it's almost impossible for them to get another job. Um, so if they have no idea what's going on, which they don't, uh, that's for sure, 
then they're losing their job, they're losing their career, uh, or they're going to court and they're being prosecuted and they're being sued for uh, personal damages. And you know, it's it's a it can be a life-ending, career-ending uh, accident, and not even counting all the other things that can go along with it. So well, it's bad enough that even even if it's not the driver's fault, that they get points on their PSP or CSA, okay? Right, if, that, if that truck is towed away, they're going to get points for an accident. Okay, even if it's not their fault. And I know that was a big issue on one of the hearings uh, a yeah, few months ago. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, I remember that. Do you remember that? I think he was a congressman from Alaska. I can't remember his name. Young. I think his last name was Young. Yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, boy, he was so disgusted at that hearing, uh, the fact that the driver, even if it wasn't his fault, was going to get points. Well, now we could take this a step further because now, okay, if it is the driver's fault for the accident, okay, he's going to get fired. But in a case like this, it's not his fault, it's mechanical, and he can even go to jail. So losing your job is like nothing compared to jail time. So this is pretty serious, I would think. Is this what happened to, you said there was a um, a minister that this happened to and he got eight years? I believe so. I mean, there hadn't been any investigation done about it. But all of the things that they had printed about the story indicated that he had done everything, his brakes were working perfectly, and he said the brakes did not work. And then they they uh, uh, said it was because the brake pads had worn down. Well, what if this valve had stuck in the middle position and worn those, and then the valve was still stuck and he didn't have any brakes when he, when he uh, needed to stop and avoid the accident that he was in? If if they don't know to check for something like that, if there's no motivation to check for something like that, it's not going to be done. So they didn't. That was my question. You answered it. They never did check check that valve. No, no, no. It was an unknown equipment failure. Is what they finally uh, uh, signed to it, and he still went to prison. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the, that that's the undetermined. Uh, unexplained accidents that uh you know that we're talking about and and uh okay alan we got one more position okay the the up position treadle valve sticks in the up position no brakes at all sticks in the center position uh cause brake drag uh brakes to heat up fire you know uh, uh pretty bad stuff so if the treadle valve is stuck in sticks in the down position uh what what symptoms of CMV control is the driver looking at? Okay. That down position usually happens when a truck has been left set for a couple of days or weeks or months at a time. That's more likely when this valve is going to do that. But it can also happen during the driver's, while a driver's driving. If it happens to a vehicle like a bus or an RV or even a truck, it can cause him to go into a skid. Or like a truck in a trailer, it can cause him to jackknife. It, the driver's wanting to let up on the paddle. It won't release the brakes. It's going to lock you up. And you know what happens then? Gee, I tell you, this is um, 
I mean, I I just find this uh, fascinating, Donna. I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about the years I was on the road and seeing a truck going down the road with smoke coming from the tires, and I, now I'm beginning to think, well, I mean, it, it all had to do with this treadle valve. Well, what's scarier, and Alan um, didn't touch on this, but it it caught my attention when um, he and I were speaking earlier uh, about the drivers who deal with hazardous uh, and chemical materials. Um, why don't you share a little bit of that uh, with everybody, Alan? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, drivers that are in more hazmat or chemicals, those chemicals and hazmats is going to cause corrosion and rust more. Uh, and, Alan, where you talked about getting the uh, salt, the liquid salt on your feet and getting back in your truck, that's a big cause. Uh, I think it's like 43 states now use liquid salt instead of the rock salt like they used to use years ago. And that liquid salt's here to stay because my understanding from what I read about it, it's cheaper, it works better, so I don't see the states getting rid of that. What I do see and what happens here is like, Alan, for instance, like if you haul gasoline or diesel or you're in some kind of chemicals, once you get that on your feet, you might not even notice it. But then you get up in your truck. Most trucks have a rubber mat in them. Very few, I mean, like me, I put, I would lay rugs and stuff down there and, and, and a lot of times in my trucks and stuff. But once you get that chemical in there and then water gets with it or anything that can cause corrosion, but you got to understand, a truck around the salt lake will get as much corrosion as, as chemicals that, you know, like off of your feet or stuff. So here's the deal. You've got a truck that goes out by an ocean somewhere, South Carolina, down there where you all live at, especially the, the more salt area. It's in the atmosphere. I mean, it's in, it's in the air. It's going to land on your truck. It's going to land on your truck and get inside your cab if you got the windows down. So then a driver gets up north where it's colder, more likely this is going to happen to him. So stopping, stopping the corrosion in, in this from happening is almost impossible. Well, uh, no, well, uh, I want to know what does he need to do to make sure that his thing doesn't have corrosion. The only thing to make is take it apart. Not Alan. Yeah, we're we're losing you, Alan. Are you on a cell or get in a better spot or? Yeah, how about now? Uh, we'll try it still a little bit. How about now? Yeah, that's a little better. That's okay. Okay. That that you here. What you need to do, or at maintenance time or whatever you can, take the bow away from the the assembly, the plate assembly. Take the plate assembly up from the floorboard. Check your plunger. Check your assembly. Check your pins that go through your brake pedal and your roller up underneath your brake pedal to make sure there's no corrosion or chemicals on it or, or debris that will stop it from working. Okay, so <laughs> with that said, Ricky, I mean, I'm looking from, at it as a point as uh, – you know, someone who's not mechanically uh, mechanically inclined, namely me. Now, I mean, you, you can't expect 
Uh, I mean, the owner-operator, independent contractor, sure, you know, they're going to get out there and do as much work as they can. But if you talk about a company driver, they're wanting company drivers to get down there and and pull that plate off and and go in. I mean, this is something that uh, sounds to me like um, only a certified mechanic should be doing. Yeah, and it's a big it's a big legal issue. You know, this, this is so new. It, 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 you know, so few people have talked about it like we've talked about today that it's not really well understood. So uh, there could be there could be a big class action lawsuit against this company that's making these parts. Uh, there could be lawsuits against the the carriers who are not maintaining these parts properly. Uh, there there are a lot of things that could happen uh, legally from the legal side of this issue. And uh, it's up to the driver is just going to have to insist that, that this work is done or that they are certified in uh, knowing this uh, technique of making repairs and making sure they can take it apart and put it back together again, making sure that it is uh has the right kind of uh, lubricant put on it, you know, and nothing has been done. So we've got to start today basically moving forward with all of the above. And that's going to be a big, tough job, uh, Alan, both Alans. You you know, uh, the Alan that, that discovered this problem, getting this out there and getting people to pay attention is going to be tough. Uh, it's going to take a lot of people like Alan and Donna Smith to get on this bandwagon and get the news out there and get a lot of people talking about it. Well, yeah, because the average driver isn't going to do this. I mean, I mean, it's it's right there on your logbook where a certified mechanic has to sign certified repairs. I mean, the average driver, uh, I mean, you know, you're almost talking Greek to me. I mean, I'm no mechanic. I don't want to be. I can change the oil. That's about it. But if you want me to crawl under the truck and find this valve and take off the plate and go inside the housing and look at that plunger, uh, it's not going to happen. No, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be covered under the pre-trip inspection, right? I mean, there, there's there's no way that a driver can do that by himself and know for sure that that it's working properly. Uh, it no, you're, talk, you're talking that, about you're you're talking about going inside uh, the housing. I mean, uh, this this is certified mechanic stuff. That's exactly right, and yet the carriers. Uh, and the mechanics are not even that concerned about it. They'll say, oh, well, yeah, it sticks, but they're not telling the drivers anything about it or how to fix it or, or what to check for to make sure that it's not happening. And I don't think if, if they started to do it in the morning, they'd have to call everybody in, and, and it'd have to be a heck of a big, long class to, to get everybody trained. So I don't know where we're at, but until they start uh, smashing some fingers with hammers, to get their attention, nothing's going to change. Well, well, Alan, what about, I mean, uh, pre-trip inspection is mostly a, a visual inspection. I mean, so what, what is the outwardly visual inspection that a driver can do? Or is there, is there anything that, that where they can visually just, you know, visually do a pre-trip inspection and see that there might be a possible reason for concern? Yes, sir. If a driver will look right up underneath the brake pedal, the plunger will stick up above the rubber boot. If he will look at that real, real close the best he can, if he sees corrosion on that, I wouldn't drive that truck. 
also there's a, a it's usually a black rubber boot that's between the treadle valve assembly and this plunger. And it's what it's for. It's for a dust cover or, or debris cover to keep from debris getting between the plunger and the plate. If that thing is cracked or, or you see any wear to it or anything, I would bring it to either my mechanic's attention or I'd really be worried about it. Uh, another thing is you can, on some of the older models, you can look right up underneath the bottom of the brake pedal and there's a steel pin that goes through there to hold the pedal in place to the treadle valve housing. If that pin has any kind of rust on it, I wouldn't drive the truck. Now, oh, oh. go ahead. Let me let me refer, and I think Ricky can help me out here. The big thing about the big fleet companies is most of them have what they call an air brake checker, and what they do they have a machine that they they hook the glad hands to, and that machine would tell them if it sees any any. Uh, description in the amount of air coming to the glad hand when the brake's applied. So a mechanic uh, in a fleet service, a lot of times mechanics don't go all the way through the valves. They, 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 they've got this machine there. If this machine says that everything's working okay and it's giving the right amount of pressure back to the glad hands, unless they hear an air leak or something, that's, you know, that's how that valve gets checked. But here's the bad thing about it. When that truck's in that shop, it can do perfect. It can go out and hit a bump or get in the right temperature. It'll it'll mess up. So unless you unless people are taught to tear into it and look at it and know what they're looking for, and you're exactly right. This is not a driver's position. Because here's the thing. It usually takes two people to do this. It takes one up underneath the floorboard and one inside of the cab with a wrench and socket to get this thing out. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm no mechanic, but I know I know enough about the truck and the engine parts and everything to know that you know this isn't going to be a, the simplest task for the for the average driver. And if you're and then you have to consider the the winter conditions. Uh, we were talking about Dakotas and 50 below and the salt being laid on the road. If you're spending a lot of time in these winter states and and getting all these chemicals from the road flying up there, that's just going to be another situation where you're going to have to pay extra attention to this thing. Snow and ice, you know, on the floorboard and floor mats will do it too, would have an effect on that. And what, trucks don't what? come in trucks don't come into the shop often enough to uh, uh really make that a safe practice as far as inspections go. Oh no! I know some, uh, many of most of these carriers they have a you know a routine where you have to come in at a certain time. But again, uh, if they're not, I mean physically going inside that valve i don't know how they would know uh they would know anything unless i guess alan what you said you can look but i i mean i'd be willing to bet you could look underneath there almost any time and find corrosion yes sir so uh well let's let's grab a caller here um we'll go to minnesota area code 612 uh go ahead welcome to the show hey alan how you guys doing Hey, Jason. I, I'm glad you're going to call, and he, he's been talking in the chat room. Okay, good. Yeah. Glad to have you. What's, what's happening? Well, I was, gl- I was glad that the, the cold weather thing got mentioned because that's actually a precursor to, to the treadle valve failure, an impending failure in a treadle valve. A lot of people 
will have a, a travel valve which is going bad, which they misdiagnose, especially in cold weather. A lot of people will step on that brake pedal, and all of a sudden it'll just kind of stop and then brake free and go down again. Well, when, when that's happening in cold weather, that's a sign right there to have it checked because about 70% of the time people misdiagnose that as ice in the airline somewhere. And what it actually is, and this happens to a lot of the guys up in the oil fields up in, up in North Dakota, it's happened to myself three different times in three different trucks. Um, you go to step on the brakes, there's nothing there. It's just you, you can't move that pedal. It won't go nowhere. you got no brakes. And the reason being is the first thing that's going to get past that rubber boot is going to be water. And once the water gets in there, it's going to freeze up solid you get into cold temperatures. And once you get that ice in there, every time that pedal moves, it's just like shards of glass. You're cutting into that boot. Every time you press that brake pedal, it's just like running a razor, a small razor in there. It's going to cut up that boot. And you're going to get these small channels in there, which is going to allow stuff to filter in there, dirt, road chemicals, everything else. And yeah, eventually you are going to have a complete failure of the treadle valve. And, you know, hearing you say that, I'm just sitting here thinking the times I've been in those winter states, um, you you can feel that thing stick and break loose through the vibrations in your feet because I mean I I've listened to you talk I I I've felt that but I've gotten out and gone out to the rear axis of the trailer to see if there was any ice build up on the brakes but the the vibration what I was feeling probably was that treadle valve uh, sticking and unsticking and I could feel it I could feel it come through you know the foot pedal. And that's exactly it. A lot of it, and that's it's, it's just that common thing. Everybody, you know, gets that, that that stigma inside their head. Well, it's it's just some it's just some water in the airlines. I'm just going to add some some de-icer to it and whatnot. And the thing is, is I mean, I'm a firm believer. I've never used de-icer in my life, and there's a reason why. And that's because I get out routinely and I drain my tanks and make sure the air dryer is working properly, that kind of thing. And that's that's what will save your brake system is maintain it. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Those air tanks have drains on them for a reason, and we all we all know that there's that the great majority of drivers probably never correct the valve on them. Yeah, and and that's and that's just I mean it's it's a huge thing, especially up in the northern states where it gets cold. And normally you're not gonna normally it's not gonna act up until all of a sudden it's you know it's 15 20 below outside, and it'll start to act up and it'll get worse and worse and worse. And pretty soon you'll have nothing. You'll hit that pedal, and it won't move. And it, it's happened to me, and it's, it's no fun driving on icy roads coming down a mountain with no brakes. Yeah, 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 I hear you. And one of the, I hear you. Another thing that can be done, too, is when people take big trucks in, everybody says, well, I'm going to get my truck washed because, you know, it's dirty. So they bring it into the local Blue Beacon or wherever, and they have them spray off the outside of it. You know what? Pay the extra 10 bucks to have them open up the hood and pressure wash the hood, pressure wash the stuff underneath. You know, they're gonna, yeah. if, they, if they do a good job, they're going to they're gonna clean a lot of the stuff off the top of that treadle well. Yeah, that's you know. a good point. You know, and, there's, and the other thing is, too, is occasionally find, you know, find some sort of a, a rubber treatment that is, you know, that, you know, and read the directions on it, read the labels on it, and see if it actually, you know, will protect, you know, the, the rubber boot. Because there's so many of these things out there that you know, like tire shine and stuff like that. You don't want to be using stuff like that. That stuff over a period of time actually breaks down the integrity of rubber. You know, but you can find stuff to treat it. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that over a period of time, if you throw it into your pre-trip inspection and you're actually looking at it 
because most people don't even look at it. They look mm-hmm. at their they look at the compressor, they look at the airlines, they look at their brake shoes. They totally bypass that pedal well. And well, once you, you know, once you get yourself into the habit of looking at it, you're not always going to you're not always going to be able to tell from the outside, but you will be able to see if there's warning signs of it about to happen. Where is it, Jason? I I can't. I mean, you have to pick the hood up of the truck. You can. You just open up the hood of the truck, and you okay. can. On most of your trucks, you can see down, just like you guys are saying. You can look, and you can see. If you look on the inside of your truck, you can see approximately where the where the where the plunger rod will come down from the floorboard, or it'll go out through the firewall and go to a pivot pin, and then and then it'll push down. And you can kind of uh-huh. see that, and you and, and all you have to do is follow that down, and that'll go down to the it'll go down to the treadle well. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's pretty easy to find if you just start start at the firewall and go down. Yep, exactly. You know, you know and obvious, so. obviously nobody's going to be able to have the time to take it apart and inspect it internally. You know, as we've already established, that's something that the shop should be doing. Right. But you can kind of, you know, you can kind of keep an eye on it and, and know if there's going to be a problem. But especially now, I mean, especially guys, you know, with, this, with some of the cold snaps we've been having and everything else, I know up here in Minnesota, it's been plenty cold. Up in the Dakotas, it's been plenty cold. Um, where people are going to start having this act up a little bit, and the first thing they're going to think is it's just some it's just some water in the lines. You know, I'll get back into warmer weather and it'll be fine. Yeah. All right. And that, Good. And at that point, it won't be it won't be fine. At that point, at that point in time, you've already got contaminants inside the inside the uh, inside the boot and inside the valve. All right. Um, well, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, but you know, Ricky, I'm sitting here thinking. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but probably, probably the most neglected—I <laughs> really hate to say it—but probably the most neglected thing that drivers do is the pre-trip. Well, well it, that's true. You know, that's something that we we teach religiously nowadays is a pre-trip because it has so many legal uh, implications that go along with it if you have an accident. Um, but you know. Uh, Everything is still moving very slowly as far as CSA education goes, Alan. Um, they, they, they're paying a little bit of attention, but, but not a lot. Do you, do you know that 80% of the people that we teach every week still do not know what CSA is? 80% of the drivers that we teach every week. I believe and it. That, yeah, I mean, that is such a, a bad job. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, the carriers are, are guilty here of, of really destroying these drivers' lives and, and careers, and it's a terrible thing. And if anything's going to be against the law, that's what they, the FMCSA should do is, is force these companies to teach the drivers the things that they need to know and not just put them out there blind. This thing with uh, this valve, though, uh, it can cause... A lot of a lot of people to be killed, and uh, the fact that Allen has got the federal government to pay attention to this, and you know he's also got them up in Canada uh, that has picked up on it now and is putting this information out. I think backs up everything that he's saying, and uh, we we're just going to have to get a lot of people educated, get it out there as fast as we can, and let uh, drivers know that. There is protection for them for this. Uh, if uh, if they get fired because of a brake failure, because of an accident, um, 
they can call Justice for Truckers. They can call us, and we'll we'll send them to the the right people to help them get their jobs back and back pay, um, uh, if if that's the case. So um, our if phone number lose, is, is right, Ricky. Yeah, give that yes. information out. This is this is good stuff. Okay, our our phone number is six one five four two four eight four six one. Okay, six one five four two four eight six three five. That's bad when I forget my own phone number. Uh, but well, you never but, you never call yourself. I never call myself. That's true. And and uh, uh, we have another number that's uh, eight six one five 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 seven five four seven two. And like I said, we'll be glad to help anybody uh, that we can and get them to the right people to make sure that uh, they uh, can get their job back if they're on the legal side, you know, if, the, if this is what has happened to them. And, and, and uh, Alan, uh, what was what was your well, website again? What was your website again? Well, I, you know, it'd be better just to go just to send us an email. Uh, my my okay. email address is, is rgooch, G-O-O-C-H, 1969, at AOL.com. Um, and, you know, if you just send me an email, I can tell you uh, – pretty well what you should do or if you should uh if you even have a chance uh, i think having a chance of getting something done but we have been able to help uh some drivers uh, through uh osha uh osha is uh now taking some of this information that uh, the fmcsa is gathering and using it to help drivers get their jobs back which is a good thing so uh now how did this come about with driver fatigue what is the correlation alan you were telling me that people are um are are you know being cited for driver fatigue well i think uh i think the you know the fmcsa's thinking is that um driver fatigue is you know one of the leading causes for these accidents but when you have these brake failure accidents and you know you have accident investigators out there uh and they're the act, the cause of the accident is undetermined or unexplained, or they just can't simply figure it out. Uh, and I mean, and Ricky, I mean, you uh, you know more about it than me. But if these unexplained accidents can't be figured out by the investigators on the scene, uh, oftentimes they just uh, write it off as driver fatigue. Is that right? Yeah, it is. And you know, there's a, there's a cause for that. Uh, you know, the driver fatigue scores are, are some of the highest scores in PSP and SMS in the industry, as far as what the, the records that the FMCSA is keeping. So they look at that driver fatigue uh, uh, as being high all the time, and that means that these drivers are overworked. Well, the fact is that those scores are driven by logbook violations and HOS uh, violations. Uh, hours of service so it's not really true that they're driving too tired to to hit the brakes you know at all but they jump to those conclusions and then when they get to court you know when they prosecute these guys you look at at any hometown that you're in that's got lawyers and tv and you will see that the lawyers are talking about bad truck drivers and bad carriers and how they don't maintain their equipment and then they get to court and they pull their uh, SMS scores and they see that uh, they've got high scores. And the jurors, I think, that 
hey, these guys are bad. I've been hearing about it now for a year or two. That You know, all these lawyers are after them because they're killing people, and innocent people are going to jail. They're going to prison because of it, So because they don't have good defense. So, uh, you know, the FMCSA is trying, they say, to help, but in a lot of ways they're they're destroying the industry. You know, we they are predicting right now that over the next 10 years that, uh, truck driving will continue. The amount of truck drivers that we have will continue to decrease. Uh, we tend, we try to ask all of the drivers that come into our classes every week if they are recommending uh, to their friends and their family, their kids, to go go into trucking. And everybody says no, no, I, I couldn't do it. I can't recommend anybody go into trucking. So, you know, it, this this industry is essentially dying right now. And uh, uh, nobody's aware of it. Or they're not aware of it uh, to, as much as they need to be to do something about it. And that, can, that ought to be a big concern for us all because I don't know about you, but I don't want to eat grass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I mean, I... I... <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear the same thing, you know, and uh, I mean, I, I know that's a serious situation in the in the industry, and uh, uh, then you have those who are just, uh, you know, continue to call it a driver shortage, but they're not really telling you the the, the true reason for the driver shortage. But uh, well, I don't, uh, I, I I know you're out on the road, Rick. I I, I never, uh, you know, I don't know how long you can hang with us. Are you are you still okay? Yeah, I, but I can give you a few more minutes. Okay. Uh, well, just let me know if you need to go because I know you know I know you're out there. I was just going to mention to Alan. Uh, uh, you know it, what was it about a year ago, Donna? One of these gas haulers around here. Uh, he was rolling down I-75. Uh, everything was just fine, and uh, he he was he was just rolling along, and all of a sudden he looks in his rearview mirror and he has a fire, a tire fire. I don't know if you remember that. You remember that? Oh yeah, I do. I was on mute. Okay, yes, I do. Okay, and then uh, I mean, he got pulled over. Um, he'd been running all night long. Everything was fine, and uh, all of a sudden, I mean, just out of the blue, here was a fire. He jumped out of the truck and took off, and that whole truck uh, and trailer just burned to the ground. And uh, you know, Alan, you got me thinking now that for something like that just to happen out of the blue with with no uh no indication of anything wrong just you know just out of the blue it just happened uh that could have been possibly a and a treadle valve last time i heard he said they really never figured out what caused it but uh this could very well been it how how common alan do you think uh this problem is out there my personal opinion in my personal opinion only even fifty uh-huh. percent of the accident that that happens, this problem is either a particle cause of the accident or it could be the whole cause of it. Okay, so well, I mean, if we're if we're focusing on these E six and E ten valves, I mean, uh, is that the uh, the the major type of valve that's used in this industry? Then I guess. No, sir. Uh, you have a lot of other valves out there, and I'm yeah. trying to get. This- my notes here, but this the reason that makes this valve here so bad is the location of it. It's right, it comes through the floorboard and sticks right up through the bottom. Uh, along, 
along with the E6 and the E10, the valves that were made in Bendix, the valves that were made like that, there's an uh, E10P and E8, which the E10 took over the E8. So your E8 would be in an older vehicle. Uh, there was an E3 and ET, an E2 and E12 and E14, which was made similar to the E6 and the E10. Uh, the E6 and the E10 are, if you go to the stores, the one they're going to hand you now, and they'll, they'll replace the others. But there's other types of valves, too, like an E7 or E5, which is a granted direct control valve that goes in. And there's other companies that make a few valves. Only thing is, Bendix is probably the number one valve making uh, the air foot control valve or called the trail valve that I know of. Okay, well, Ricky, if these if these valves have been recalled since the 1970s, and as recently as uh, August 2012, I'm that's that's a lot of recalls. I mean, why why is uh, the problem still there? I mean, what what are they well, doing I, under these recalls? Well, I think it's because nobody's put two and two together. But I, I think uh, I think there there's going to be something done about that. Uh, pretty soon. Uh, I think the FMCSA is putting so much stuff on the trucking industry right now that, that they don't know what to look at and they don't know what to be worried about. You know, I got a I got a, a note from one of my safety managers just a couple of days ago that one of their drivers were in Florida and they got pulled over and, and they checked his shipping papers. And because the company that they were pulling for didn't have their emergency number pre-printed on their shipping papers. They had it written in. The driver was fined $250. So, I mean, every day there seems like something new that's popping up that's changed from the DOT and the FMCSA. And, you know, who knows uh, who's concentrating on any one thing. Yeah. uh, but, But I definitely... Am going to uh, do some uh, investigative work on these valves and legal work on them, and see uh, what some uh, some of the industry uh, professionals think, what some of the insurance companies think about it. I think it's a big risk for drivers. I think they're putting their life in danger uh, without knowing it. You know, really knowing what's going on, and that worries me a lot. And uh, so, you know, I appreciate y'all's help. I appreciate you helping Alan out and getting on your show. Y'all do a great job, and uh, the industry is uh, very lucky to have you. And um, you know, wish y'all well. Wish wish I had more stuff for you tonight, but I don't. Um, uh, I'll let you go. But uh, maybe we'll okay. have another conversation about this in, in a few weeks, and I can tell you what's happening then. Okay. Well, it's good to hear from you again. Good to have you back on the show. Appreciate you spending the time with us. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Alan. We'll see you, Alan. <laughs> All okay. Right, uh, be, be careful. And um, I have a, a, a couple of uh, comments here in the chat room. I wanted to okay out to to listeners who who can't see what's being said. Um, Hal had a good point. Hal Kia. Let's see. I have to go back up to him now. That if you just type in the name of your truck and the word recalls, that. Uh, 
or the type truck. I guess you have to be specific on the model and all like that. Well, go go to the uh, go to the manufacturer's website. Right. And then, and it'll it'll say if if you're one of the it'll list all the recalls on that truck. Um, the other question is from Kathy Cass, and she says here: Are there any other signs of the valve going, or do they just go? For example, do the brakes chatter, or does it make the brakes squeal? Uh, what about after sitting for two days, and when you step on the brake pedal to stop, and it feels and sounds like the brakes are dragging, but then it clears up. Could this be the valve action, or is that just normal? So uh, you guys want to answer that, um, both Alan? Yeah, Alan. Well, Alan, like you were saying, I mean, uh, the when the um, if the treadle valve is stuck in the down position, uh, you know, that can cause it to lock up going to a skid, and that mostly happens when uh, the 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 it's been you know it's been sitting there for quite a while and there's no air pressure but uh but she's like i think that i think those probably could be signs don't uh what do you think yes uh, my first example they're perfectly signs of what she's asking uh number 1 if it's sticking when the fir- you first build your air up well that definitely tells you that there's there's a reason for that and uh if i you know, my first example is, yes, it has debris or, or some problem there that's causing that to not release. I mean, it's, it's pretty common because that valve should come up as your air pressure comes up. By the time it hits 60 pounds, that plunger should be all the way to the top. And if it's not, there's a reason for it. Also, uh, the she's asking if it could be clattering or anything. That could be when it's sticking in the center. It could be hanging the brakes just enough that they're – hitting those drums just enough that they're clattering and causing what we call brake drag, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden she could hit a bump or it could hit a bump, and then it could go away. You can hit another bump and push down on the brakes, and it get caught there, it'll do it again. Well, Alan, how many times have you jumped in a truck and let the, uh, let the air build up, uh, pushed into valves, and tried to take off, and that old trailer wouldn't move? Well, over my times, a bunch, because back in the day, I drew, I, I was back there when a lot of cab overs were still in the road, so. Uh, when well, I my, started, my, po- my point is, uh, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. all the time. I mean, my air pressure will be up, uh, you know, up past 60, 65, 70, you know, and I'm in a hurry to get going. I push in the valves, I take off, but that old trailer's still pulling. You know, so I have to sit there and wait a little bit longer. I mean, could that, could that, uh, and you know, I never thought about it till this show, but I mean, is that, this is, that could be this valve we're talking about. Yeah, Alan, but you're you're talking about a totally different situation. See, from, from the foot control trail valve, you have other valves. You have one set of valves called the ATR6 valve, which just had a big recall with it. It just stopped. I think it was 80,000 trucks back in 2012 from new trucks from being delivered because of a problem with it, similar to the same problem we're talking about here today. Uh, and then you got another portion valve back there in the back of your trailer that splits your air up that works just like this foot control valve does. Right. Any one of three valves could be causing it. But you got to, 
it sounds like to me from what you're asking, yes, you have a bowel problem or you have a reason that that's sticking. Because the minute that air comes up, you know, it starts at 60 from 60 up to 90, them brakes should be free. At, at 80, 80 pounds of pressure, them brakes should be completely backed off and shouldn't. It sh- that vehicle should roll just as pretty as she please. And if he doesn't, you got a bow or you got a reason that that thing is not doing it. So you've got an air brake problem somewhere in the system. Well, I see it all the time. I mean, it's pretty common with these tankers that I see out there. Uh, I mean, I not just with me. I see it, you know, I see drivers sitting there trying to pull and pull and pull and pull, and <laughs> it won't go anywhere, so they sit a little bit longer than it goes. I mean, it's actually pretty common now that, you know, we're talking about this, and, and, and I mean, I see it every night, but um, Donna, were you going to say anything? I think I jumped in there. Um, no, I think I just wanted to, you know, read those comments in the chat room, because I know a lot of people are listening, and there's a lot of good information that people share in the chat room. I just wanted everybody to be able to uh, to hear it. The one thing I did want to say, though, is that now that this is um, out there, and of course I know Ricky isn't isn't on right now, but when there's these unexplainable accidents, uh, is there a possibility, or should we be striving for the the requirement? that this be uh, looked at as one of the routines to uh, the investigation of the unexplained uh, accident. I mean, right now it doesn't seem like it is uh, a routine that they look into this. Uh, does it look like that, that that's where it's going, uh, Alan? Or, or, you know, is this something that Ricky's going to be working on? I wish he was here to answer that question. Well, let me address you there. First of all, let, let me go back to Alan's question about the brakes not releasing. I, we've got two totally different system, uh, problems here. Like in this brake valve here, you have a plunger and housing problem that is outside of your, your brake system of, of the air that's built up by the air compressor. And then you have your inside air that comes through the valve itself that can cause corrosion or cause the plunger to stick to the valve itself. And now, like what you're saying is once the air builds up and they, then they're trying to drag the trailer brakes, usually that's not from the butt control valve. That comes more telling me that it's the portion valve or, or the separation valve in the back of the trailer itself, which works similar to the foot control valve. And the reason why is I think that is because your tr- if your truck's friable and your front axle, your front brakes are free and, and your back brakes on yeah. the truck are going free, then that come more telling me that your your valve in the back is causing you the trouble. And, yeah, and that, 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 that's inside oh, no, of, your, yeah. of your inner system, see? Yeah, and, and, yeah that, that that makes sense. And and that's what makes this valve so, so terrible. It can have an inside problem, and then it can have the outside problem. And uh, the gentleman earlier was talking about the the uh, valve with the foot, with the rod that goes to it. Most of your valves from 1980 up into the 90s, they don't have a rod. They bolt right up underneath the bottom of the floorboard, right against it, and then they have this plunger that sits right on top of it. And it's only about an inch and a half to two inches tall that comes through your floorboard. And and that plunger is different different depending upon the type of housing that the company used inside. Like different companies use different styles in there. So 
you, you don't have the privilege like he was talking about to look at the plunger and see if it has corrosion on it because it's all sealed. You can't see it, period. The only thing you can see is the very top of it, which is about a quarter of an inch sticking out in the top of the, just the very flat top of the plunger. So that, like Mr. Gooch was talking about, this, this thing is going to go a long ways, but, uh, you know, and it, and it can go several directions depending on who, you know, whose fault it lays on. But that is... Well, they, you know, they, they, uh, Accident investigators, I mean, I they they uh, definitely need to start putting this in as part of their um, you know investigation. So uh, uh, let's see. I'm looking here. Um, I wanted to point out something again because we had gone over this uh, a little bit earlier uh, in the chat room. Kathy was saying, "What about after sitting for two days and when you step on the brake pedal to stop and it feels and sounds like the brakes are dragging, but then it clears up." Uh, well, that correlates with what we were talking about earlier when that plunger gets stuck in the down position, right? Well, no, Alan, if it's stuck in the down position, you're not going anywhere because all your brakes are locked up. Wait a second. If, what was I um, – let me stuck, get here. Um, if, it's, uh, if it's stuck when the it, – It can get stuck in the down position if it if, if it had been sitting for sitting for a while? Yeah, what happens is – you you leave a truck parked and it loses all of its air. Like you leave it parked for a day or two, it has no air to it. Well, when it loses that air, that plunger is going to come down because air is what pushes the plunger up. It pushes the plunger up inside the bow, and the bow plunger pushes your your throttle bow assembly plunger up. So what happens is that bow is gummed up inside. So it when it does that, that's especially in cold weather like the gentleman was talking about. It's say so you. You come in on Friday night, you leave it setting till Sunday afternoon, or, or when you get ready to go out, you go build the air pressure back up. The, bow, the plunger never comes up. If that plunger doesn't come up, every one of your brakes are, are locked. Because until that, that plunger and that valve comes up, no air is getting past that valve. And it is the first valve in the system. It is the first thing out of the air tanks. All the air goes through this valve to get to, to the rest of your air brake system in the truck and your trailer. Okay. All right. Well, this is a <clears throat> this is a heck of an issue here. I mean, I'm I'm really glad we're having this show, and uh, you know, I appreciate all the listeners and uh, everybody tuning in. And a special thanks to uh, have a listener from the UK, uh, Keith K W Williams. He's listening in, says he's very interested in this subject. And uh, I know we have a lot of listeners over in the UK. So, uh, special uh, hello and thanks to uh, to Keith there in the United Kingdom for tuning in and listening. And, um, you know, our time's winding down here, Alan. I still have a lot of questions, but um, I think we did a, I think we did a good cover of this, uh, Donna, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think uh, it's really brought uh, awareness to a lot of people. And of course that that's what this has to really be. It's going to have to be an awareness where people go, wow, this could be really serious. You get enough people saying, wow, this can be really serious and you're going to get a buzz about it, and that's how you get things done. Because, you know, if nobody knows about it, and and or they know about it but don't share it, and just keep it to themselves, unlike what you know Alan Powell's doing, then you're not going to have any results either. So, 
you know, it's all about spreading this word around. Of course, you know, we're always talking about social media and, you know, how to get things out there. Well, here's a case where, you know, anybody who's listening or anybody who's listening on the archive to go ahead and, and look up and, and share a link on your wall about it, and, uh, you know, it'll get out there. Yeah, I think, uh, Alan, awareness really is the key here, and even as Ricky Gooch was saying that, I mean, there's so many regulations and rules and policies and safety and this and that hitting all these motor carriers, but I guess they're going, you know, they're going to have to prioritize uh, these these regulations, and, I mean, if you think that uh, – this can be the cause of 50% of the accidents out here, and, and uh, you know people can get killed from this. So I, uh, they're going to have to put this at the top of their priorities. I mean, even if it's 10% of the accidents, yeah, it's a significant figure. Oh yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, well, Alan, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on the show, and really appreciate it. Um, any any final information or advice that maybe we didn't cover that you want to leave us with? Yes. Without people like y'all, this information would never get out. The national media doesn't want anything to do with it. And without you bringing it to the awareness of the driver and the corporations that it needs to get to, you're, you and Donna are saving so many people's lives. I want to thank you very much for allowing me to be on your show. It is a pleasure. And y'all, y'all just don't understand how much a pleasure this is, and how many people that I think that you'll draw the attention to, that this might save them from having an accident or losing their job, or even save their lives or the lives of the person that they hit or anything. So, without yeah, y'all, <clears throat> thank you for bringing it to our attention. Um, actually, Alan brought it to our attention on Facebook, and the Allens were kind of sharing things now you guys have been sharing stuff for a couple of months now about it right oh yeah yeah for a while (laughs) we sure have and uh (laughs) if i could i can answer one question that you had donna okay the trick to this is to get the investigators aware of let me give an example if an airplane goes down fhha they're not worried about charging that pilot with a charge until their investigation is completely done, which is liable to take three to six months. If a truck driver has an accident, they'll charge him on the spot or within days when they haven't done a complete investigation of the vehicle. I think our biggest problem is we're going to have to teach the investigators or are going to have to do a better job if they're expecting to charge the people with a charge. I think that's where the loophole is. Another thing is, you want to know why come this battle hasn't been caught all the years through National Highway Transportation Safety Alliance? It's because the recall doesn't go on the valve. The recall goes on the vehicle that it's in. Otherwise, if you have a certain year of model of truck, and that recall will go back to that truck. But here's what can happen. You can have three different companies have the same recall on the same type of valve, but it will not show up like that. What the problem is, is that, to me, National Highway Transportation Safety Lines don't have a good enough system that the system should be keeping up with the part recall, not a truck recall. And I'll give you a perfect example. There was a car company that had one of the largest brake recalls. It took 30,000 people to call in before they ever picked up on it. 
where if they had had to recall directly on that certain part, and they would have started watching it and taking numbers of how many times that part had recall, they should have caught it a lot sooner. And here's the problem. Some of your recalls will only have like 300 trucks recalled. But that, what you don't understand, like this recall that come out instantly, it's if you look it up on the computer, the main thing, it looks like it just went into a certain bus. But it didn't. It went in other buses, different company of buses, and it also went across the counter as being sold as a part. So the bottom line is they don't know where all them valves went to. Right, right. People people just don't even realize that they're being recalled. I mean, it's just so vague. But if you look it up on the computer, you would go to that certain vehicle, and it says, you know, hey, there's – say, say, for instance, you got a recall that says, okay, we only recalled 30 of them. But mm-hmm. you might have another company that recalled 3,000 of them at the same time, but it's not going to show that. You'd have to find each recall on each make to find out a total of how many recalls was in that problem for that year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people need to be more, you know, the awareness, well, awareness on everything. I mean, that's what it's all about until, until, until there's a buzz uh, on the seriousness of an issue or whatever. Uh, you, you know, pe- life is busy, and people, people, their heads are spinning back and forth, and especially in trucking between the regulations and the training, HOS, EOBRs. I mean, forget it. Everybody, everybody can't even keep up with it all. So, for something like this to become a priority, uh, the the dangers uh, and the awareness needs to really be from a lot of people. And, uh, you know, okay, you know, it can't be on the back burner anymore. So I really appreciate it. And I promised Kathy Cass, she said in the chat room, Alan, that uh, to make sure I say uh, say hello to you. Thank or, you. Um, <laughs> and to say as thank you. <laughs> as a matter yeah. of fact, I used her husband for a test on his bow. And the his bow came out good. He tore into it, cleaned it up. And it came out uh, that it didn't have anything in it, so he's one of the few, uh, and I'm glad I'm glad it did. But uh, once he was aware of the problem, it wasn't very long at all. He took time to tear into it himself, make sure that it was okay, and put it back together. And it, I think that's the whole deal here. If we make a lot of awareness of this, they're going to start paying attention to it, and we'll have a lot less accidents. Yeah, well, hope so, and uh, hats off to you, Alan, because you're, uh, I don't know many drivers who would take the action that you've done of bringing it to the attention of the CVSA, calling the state DOT department, so uh, uh, big kudos to you, too, because um, uh, you've, you've gotten it out there, and hopefully we can uh, help you a little bit along the way, and uh, keep in touch, and uh, let us know how this thing keeps going. I'll be really interested in it. We will, and uh, I think uh, the big thing here is people like Rick. Rick's going to take this a long way. I, I think he's going to be a big help to this problem here, and he's got the ability to do it, and he's got the know know how to do it. And uh, yeah, I, well, that's just... it takes it takes you know different people. You know, we can put it on the show, and then Ricky can take it the next step, and somebody else will say, hey, you know. 
this is serious, I can do this, and, and that's how things get done. But, you know, depending on just one person, you know, no matter how big their passion is, it's difficult for one person. Yeah. Well, well, we'll me, uh, uh, go ahead. It took me eight years to get where I'm at today. Wow. Just to get to get this noted here, and it's not a touch of where it really needs to be at. And uh, yeah, y'all don't know how much I want to thank y'all for having me on your show. Well, well, we're we're glad to have you, and uh, again, glad you brought it to our attention too, as well. This is a very uh, important, serious issue, so. Uh, We'll be following it, and we'll help you any way we can. Thank you, Alan and Donna. I sure do appreciate it. All right. Thanks again for coming on, and uh, we'll. Uh, that's a good show. I I really enjoyed that. I got to do a little bit more investigating into that, Donna. It's. Uh, I mean, it's 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 interesting, but it's it's really is extremely serious. It, it's very serious, and it, until you really you know look at look at all the accidents and and just. Don't you wonder about all these accidents where they can't find the cause? Yeah, I do now. And then the driver gets the, you know, the blame or the citation or loses their job, whatever it is, just because they can't figure it out, so they assume. Um, you know, that that really that kind of bothers me. I'm sure it bothers a lot of people who are listening too. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense too. Well, I I look back at things that has happened to me and things that I've seen, like that like that tanker going down the road, no problem. And all of a sudden, he, he smoke. He, you know, he's smoking. I mean, it, it's all it's all making sense. You know, when I when I look at all this stuff, but. Uh, I tell you, we'll take a quick break, and uh, Don and I will be right back to wrap up this broadcast of uh, Truth About Trucking Live. We'll be right back. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Truckers, are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live with an important message for owner-operators and fleet owners. Hodeon Incorporated is a company that makes the Dynasys APU, and if you're considering an auxiliary power unit for your truck but thought you just couldn't afford it, you need to talk to the Dynasys guys about their all-new financing program. The Dynasys APU saves fuel and provides AC, heating, plug-in power, all of those comfort necessities you deserve when you have to shut down for your mandatory break. It's definitely the smart way to be comfortable and save money. Their finance program is designed to make your monthly payment nearly half of what you're spending on fuel with the goal of making APUs available for every hard-working driver. They realize that times are tough and that credit is hard to come by, so they offer four credit plans giving all owner-operators and fleet owners a guaranteed financing opportunity. They can even get you hooked up with grants that can cover APU costs as well. So give them a call at 1-800-289-8282. It's toll-free, 1-800-289-8282, or just Google search 
Dynasys APU. Visit them online at hodion.com, that's H-O-D-Y-O-N.com, and check out their social conversation from the road over at socialcbradio.com. It's pretty cool. The Dynasys APU, the best solution to engine idling. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. All right, Donna, uh, I never confirmed with you before the show. Any announcements for us this evening? Well, tonight I just wanted to, um, I don't know if people are aware of um, our other websites, and especially since the January 7th meeting, um, public hearing at the uh, FMCSA held about the CDL training standards. Um we have we Chris, you you've been talking about more training standards for I mean since I actually met you yeah. I mean years and years <laughs> so this was a great victory um, that 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 was brought up in a public hearing and um, we took part and a lot of drivers took part and gave their comments so uh, it was it was really great. In the meantime, we have a, a website called truthabouttrucking.com, and there's a lot of valuable information uh, for well, new drivers, students, even veteran drivers. Uh, so if you go over to truthabouttrucking.com and just look it over, um, there's some great articles, and I think I think you'll really enjoy it. We get people who who write us who are veteran drivers who. Uh, and I know Alan, you know, made that site for new drivers and students, but a lot of veteran drivers write to him and say, wow, I've been driving a long time, you know, and I learned a lot. So truthabouttrucking.com. The other the other website is a moving website. It has a free ebook download, and it's called guaranteemove.com. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want to, if you're going to move or you're thinking about moving or you're curious about your rights as a mover, um, you you really need to go just check out the website and download the book and read it. Um, it's a really great book. Alan, how many pages is that book? Uh, 54, I believe. I, I was really impressed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, most of my years was in the moving business, so my heart kind of still lingers there. I had the American Moving and Storage Association contact me over that book, so I'm really, I'm really happy with it. it came out real good. It's, it's a consumer guide, so you know, it's, it's, it's free, and uh, been getting a lot of, lot of really good feedback on it. Yeah, so that's GuaranteeMove.com and TruthAboutTrucking.com. And um and of course everybody knows uh askthetrucker.com. It's our blog. Look around, post your comments. We've been getting a lot of comments lately on a lot of different uh posts, so we're always glad to um read your comments and reply, you know, when we can. And uh usually I send the the um notification of comment over to Alan because, you know, he isn't here a lot of the time. He's dri- he still drives. So if if he doesn't answer it right away, I had one guy write and say why you know why didn't you answer or something like that and I guess they don't realize oh they're they're they think I just sit here all day and uh, <laughs> now when we first started you know five six years ago I could get right to the emails but you know I get 
I don't know how many emails I get a day, and I'm only one person, and, and I'm still working 60 to 70 hours. So if I don't answer your email right away, it's uh, it's, I'm, I'm getting to it the best I can. Right. Well, now, sometimes I get, I'll, I'll answer them if it's just like a, you know, a direction to a link. Oh, yeah. You can you can handle a lot of them. Yeah, I can handle that, but... Mm-hmm. Certain certain questions, you know, um, you know, I have to forward to him. So just give him a few days if it's a it's a detailed trucking type of question. So, um, but that's askthetrucker.com. Yeah, and if I don't know the answer, I got to find somebody who does. So. Yeah. yeah, and usually that's what that's what we'll do. Um, yeah. Oh, so if it's if if you need to go somewhere else. Uh, then, then we do. I do that when I answer it, and I kind of know that okay. I don't think I think this is either a legal question or maybe a, um, a regulation question. A lot of times with the regulations, yeah. Send people over to Rich Wilson over at Trans Products, or Ricky Gooch, or you know, depending the the type, or Paul Taylor if it's a legal. Um, or trucker lawyers, or one of those, depending on the type of legal question. So just keep your comments coming, and if you have questions, you know, or comments, you know, we love to read them. Um, and actually, oh, missing truck driver alert! Um, ch- check out the website. Uh, I don't know. You might want to ask Kari. I haven't. I haven't been updated uh, recently. I'm not really sure if that app is live that they have for missing truck drivers. So um, you could either go to uh, Kari Fisher. Over uh, over on Facebook or missingtruckdriveralert.com, or is it just missing truck driver? Now I'm confused. Missingtruckdriver.com. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, and check it out. <clears throat> but that's uh, and other than that, and I know I say this every week, you know, after we hang up the show, I'm gonna go. Oh, I meant to. I meant to say this. So and uh, I'll save it for next week. Yeah, we'll catch it next time, but. All right. Well, listen, thanks again for uh, all the listeners on the line. Uh, I didn't get to call off all the states, uh, uh, but I see you there. Appreciate it. Hey, and I, I want to give a shout-out to all our Facebook friends. I think last time I looked at this show, it had been liked and shared like 130-some-odd times uh, with all of their Facebook friends. So thanks to you as well and those in the chat room. And, again, a uh, thank you to – Keith Williams from the United Kingdom. We like our international listeners. And, um, again, special thanks to Alan Powell and Ricky Gooch. And one thing I didn't mention was Alan Powell is on Facebook, if you'd like to hook up with him. Donna, isn't he uh, Alan Nightrunner and Alan Trucker on Facebook? Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, Forgot to put that out, but if you want to hook up with Alan on this uh, brake valve issue thing, you can find them there on Facebook. And so appreciate everyone tuning in this evening, and uh, or if you catch us from the archives, uh, either way, we appreciate you uh, listening. And uh, boy, I got some lights flashing here, but uh, and uh, you know, due to due to the nature of this program, the uh, the opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the host, co-host, or Blog Talk Radio. But be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And again, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We appreciate it. And until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, TruthAboutTrucking.com, AskTheTrucker.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening.